3: I am awake.
1: Welcome to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions, you are listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. Hey, we discuss local and national native news and events. And as you know, Haley, native issues are human issues, and human issues are native issues.
0: You're right, Dega. This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition.
1: Yes, it is. Hey, we got a couple guests going on today. We got, uh, our sister, Arvina Martin, uh, from Executive Director from Emerge, Wisconsin. And then, uh, we have, uh, Jessica, uh, State Representative Jessica Hansen on again today, and we wanted to talk about that big event that's happening at uh, First Avenue on, I believe it's the first, correctly? Am I correct? The legalized, yes, uh, legalize it uh, at First Avenue, and it's going to be a big party, surprise guests, and I'm going to try and make it out there.
0: Absolutely. Should be a fun time. And that's at First Ave.
1: Yeah, definitely it is. When's
0: the last time you were out there?
1: Um, uh, Bernie was in town a couple of years ago. Went out there. Oh. Uh, maybe it was three years ago. Uh, he was out there supporting uh, Keith Ellison and... Uh, I remember uh, Tina Smith spoke, and she got booed, and <laughs> people were yelling "toxic, toxic Tina," <laughs> and, and uh, just because of uh, what she supports, and I think her husband works in the medical field, big, big-time person in the medical field. So that was kind of uh, interesting and hilarious, and all in the same part. But yeah, First Avenue I have a lot of great memories. Uh, at First Avenue, but hey, let's back up a second, uh, Haley, uh, while we're waiting for our guest. And let's talk a little bit about, uh, yesterday, uh, was so, uh, awesome that the twins, uh, supported, uh, first of all, the, uh, the Native American Heritage, uh, night. And I got a sweet t shirt and wearing it right now. Uh, and also we were able to broadcast there and then get Dan Gladden, one of the twins, uh, twins broadcasters on for the first part of the show. And then I think you and I just rambled. We were so excited. We just, uh, drank <laughs> coffee and, and Pepsi and, uh, we're rambling on for, uh, the next two segments. But, uh, class act there, the, uh, twins and, uh, really appreciate it. And we'll probably do a couple more games before the end of the season.
0: Yeah. I sure hope so. It was a blast. Uh, thank you to the twins and shout out to Drew for hosting us. Um, out there in the press box and shout out to Dan Gladden. That was amazing uh, for him taking the time to come on native roots radio. And yeah, I'm excited. Hopefully we can get back out there and, and they can get a win
1: yeah they uh, lost today and lost yesterday, so it was kind of heartbreaking. They were catching up today but hey uh one of the things I'd like to bring up to one of our big sponsors and uh in Minneapolis, and we you and I go as often as we can for the four sisters market is uh I got some news on that huh haley?
2: Yeah,
0: so NACD put out a post here. This is off their Facebook. Attention for Sisters Farmer's Market goers. Due to the heat advisory and their concern for vendors' well-being and their products, they have decided to cancel the market this week, um tomorrow. So there will be no Farmer's Market um out on Franklin Avenue tomorrow. But they will be back. Uh That's... It'll be open ne- next Thursday, August 3rd. And I believe that they'll be doing a another food demonstration with dream of wild health.
2: And oh, for those great. of you
0: with IFS shares with dream of wild health, um, you can still pick those up to tomorrow at the farmer's market. They'll be parked in their usual spot for those pickups.
1: Oh, oh awesome. That's really good to know Haley. Uh, I know uh, when Wendy's in town, I'm always picking up stuff uh, for her to cook and uh, uh, the vegetables. So that's good that they can still do that. I have not left the house today.
0: No, I've been hiding out in my AC all day.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Very thankful
0: for the AC. Yeah,
1: definitely. It's 92 right now here in the Twin Cities, and uh, uh, we got weather happening all week, uh, 95 tomorrow the high, and then Friday it's cooling down to 87 degrees. So really, really excited about that. And Saturday's 83. Uh, Mm -hmm. So... uh, you know, we talk and I saw the news and all around the world they are talking about this has everything uh, everything that has to do with uh, global warming.
0: Yeah, I was just going to actually bring up climate change. And did you see that the Florida ocean temperature su- surpassed 100 degrees, which was potentially a world record?
1: Yeah, that's amazing. And then Florida's water, I don't know if you saw this, the... The, around Florida, it's a record. The temperature, of the water is 101 degrees, and it's killing all the coral reefs.
0: Yeah, uh, so that's like that's hot tub temperature in
1: yeah in that's ocean. exactly what That's what the, exactly what they said, Haley. That it's hot tub. Uh, uh, it's yeah, it's it's insane. I, would, yeah. would you go into the go swimming in the ocean? Is it refreshing? No, I don't think so. It's keeping I your body warm. Imagine.
0: Yeah, well I wonder too if that's it has to do with bringing the sharks closer to the shoreline cuz I've been seeing everywhere too um uh, sharks coming up closer to the beaches and what's It's kind that of us.
1: a thing but it's also out of it's so rare and I, I feel like the the media central, uh you know uh makes it a bigger deal than it is. I mean, of course, if you're the person getting your leg chomped on, it's a big deal, but um, <laughs> right you know just just how many people are really doing it and it's always comes up every year you know and you know wendy being an ocean person saying it really doesn't happen that often and also um but then again you are correct about about that uh it's it's uh the climate is just changing the the, the world's burning up here and uh i i see we got uh Representative Hanson on, I just want to say, uh, uh-hoo, how's it going?
4: Hi, thanks for having me again. Nice to see you all.
1: Right on. Hey, we got a couple minutes here left, and then we can hold on and have you on for a couple more minutes afterwards. But uh, we were talking about the event coming up and how exciting it is, and I wonder if uh, you wanted to just give a quick shout-out on that, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit more about a few things, seeing that you dropped in. Oh, wow. Yes
4: yes yes so on tuesday august 1st we have a really exciting event at first avenue um, to celebrate the passage of the cannabis legalization bill and to celebrate passing the best model for full legalization in the country so i'm sure you've heard me talking about this or have seen the um, flyers online but we're encouraging everybody to come out especially if you're interested in getting in the industry we want to be sure that we can connect our grassroots businesses and the small business owners right here in minnesota This is a great opportunity to meet other people. There will be folks there um, that have experience and folks that are brand new. There's also just going to be music and celebration and some special surprise guests on stage, too. Our speaking program will be from about six to seven. And um, I will be on stage. It'll be somewhere between six and seven. We're starting Um, and I'll be on stage to just kind of usher that along. And then we'll get back to the music as fast as possible.
1: Right, exactly. And it is a, and it is a uh, really celebration for many, many reasons. And we talked about the bill that you've been working on for years that's uh, come to fruition, uh, that it was a very large bill and there were a lot of things that were considered.
4: Yeah, there was a lot that we looked at. We made sure that this was a community centered grassroots organized effort. And I think that's what we can do in so many other ways. This is really a case study for what good public policy looks like. What does it look like to coordinate with other um, state agencies, make sure all of our communities are connected and just doing policy in the ways that are best for Minnesotans.
1: Hey, uh, Representative Hanson, can you hold on? We got a couple minute uh, commercial and then we can just uh, ask you a few more questions and then pump this out there again and then get to our other guest. You got, a, you got a couple more minutes?
4: Of course, always for you.
1: All right. Hey, you're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm Awake and we'll be right back with S- Re- State Representative Jessica Hanson. Hoa! Hey, this is Robert Pilot. I taught in St. Paul Public Schools for over 25 years, and I want you to join the team and make a difference in our children's future. Right now, St. Paul Public Schools is offering hiring and retention bonuses up to $10,000 for a variety of teaching and classroom support positions for the next school year. Grow in a supportive and fulfilling public school setting. Limited bonuses are available, so don't delay. Apply at spps.org slash careers.
2: Minnesotans age 65 plus might qualify for Health Partners Minnesota Senior Health Options. The plan includes personal support, coverage for medical prescription drugs and dental, plus over 30 extra benefits. Eligibility information is available at healthpartners.com slash one plan. Health Partners is a health plan that contracts with both Medicare and the Minnesota Medical Assistance Medicaid program to provide benefits of both programs to enrollees. Enrollment in Health Partners depends on contract renewal.
3: Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to
0: Native Roots Radio.
1: And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot.
0: This portion of the show is supported by Native American Community Clinic on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis, honoring health and tradition.
1: Yes, they do. Hey, we're here with State Representative Jessica Hansen and, uh, we're talking a little bit about celebration coming up here on August 1st. And I know, uh, Red Lake is going to be celebrating too because they're opening up their business, uh, right away and we're really proud of them. And, uh, you know, some things have come up, uh, State Representative and I don't know how to read it. So I'm glad you're on here and to maybe, uh, straighten out a few things for me and my, uh, foggy mind because back in the 70s i don't remember much of the 70s i just got to tell you that right now and there's a few reasons but hey uh so there's some things coming up about um people i don't know leaving the place where they buy the cannabis and smoking pot in public or is is that right what's going on there
4: yeah, so there's the law says that as of August 1st it is legal to possess in public up to 2 ounces of cannabis. Um if you're in your car it does need to be in the trunk just like alcohol or an open bottle would be. You cannot have open cannabis packages or paraphernalia in your car. Glove box, armrest, got to go into the trunk, the furthest point away from the driver. Um, And I always say this just to make it really clear, you know, just because we legalize cannabis does not mean that it is safe to drive under the influence. Those laws have not changed. So it is just as as unsafe and dangerous to drive under the influence of cannabis as it has always been in Minnesota. Your license is at risk, your vehicle, all of your possessions. So just don't do it. uh, And then make sure that when you are transporting it, it's in the trunk of your car. Um, and then, at home, if you're growing at home, you can have up to two pounds per adult in the household, and that is you know obviously a lot more than what we're allowing out in public, but we know that the plant yield is going to um, produce more than the two ounces you can hold. So it was important that we we did that piece and then, as on August first, it is legal to smoke cannabis um, in public. Now, this does not mean you can smoke indoors. Another thing that did not change is the Clean Indoor Air Act, so smoking indoors is still prohibited. Um, We know that there was a a piece of the bill that passed that prohibited smoking or vaping cannabis in multifamily housing units unless it's for medical purposes. So tread lightly there. Make sure that you're following those rules of your uh, landlord or whoever owns the property um, and making sure you're uh, avoiding any um, interactions with law enforcement for that reason. But it is a ticket, you know, if that happens, but it can get you in some hot water with your landlords depending on what their rules are. So you'll want to check on that. But again, Mm -hmm. if you are a medical patient, that that does not apply to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And then consuming in public, obviously we can't, we don't want people consuming in their cars. We don't want people consuming, you know, where it's prohibited. Um, But if it is okay in public, that is allowed in Minnesota. Now, cities can pass ordinances that restrict where you can smoke cigarettes or smoke cannabis in this purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, So you'll want to make sure that you are in tune with what city you're in, what their rules are, and that you're following that. Now, we know that there's some times those um, restrictions are reasonable, but there's other times that they're not. We know that sometimes those bans are put in place as a form of reefer madness. It is Mm -hmm. just a continuation of prohibition. And what we're seeing right now is the death rattle of prohibition. We're hearing it across the state where states are looking at fully banning it. And some folks are being very outspoken about how they feel about cannabis. Remember, we passed a legal program for a reason because the vast majority of Minnesotans wanted this. And that's what's important. So as cities work on this, it is beyond important that you make your voice heard about what you as a taxpaying citizen want to see in your particular city. Just like you came to the state to testify, you need to go talk to your city folks as well. Um, Mm -hmm. If you don't have that engagement, you know, that's how things happen about us without us. And so making sure you're making your voice heard at your city is important. Um, You'll see in the news as the cities are talking about it, you'll just keep Mm -hmm. an eye on those things. If you're in tune with city council meetings, watch those. But do not, you know, we don't want people breaking those rules. We want you to follow that. And the other thing I'm telling people in that regard is remember that you have so much economic power, especially my generation as millennials and some of the Gen Xers and Gen Z as well. Our power and economic power exists, and we oftentimes don't use it to our advantage. We want to make sure that we are patronizing cities that are patronizing cities that have cannabis friendly Rules in mm-hmm. place. If you're a cannabis consumer, or you support this industry. That's where you should go to spend your money. Is making sure you're going to those places that are kind to us, that are that welcome us, and that right. make sure that um, they're not looking down at us. Again, this Reaper madness stuff is on its death rattle, and that's what you're hearing a lot in the news right now.
1: Wow, thanks for uh, straightening me out on that because that was really interesting. We're here with State Representative uh, Jessica Hansen, and we're talking a little bit. we got up next Arvina Martin uh, with uh, Wisconsin Emerge, uh, and we we love talking to Arvina. I just got a couple more things. So uh, we have – I I can't – so they're missing out, listen to me, I'm all stuttering here. They're missing out on tax revenue these cities that are like against selling cannabis or having then there's a lot of taxes in this.
4: I mean any any government, local government that restricts the opportunities of, of small business owners is missing out on that. This is a legal industry for the hemp derived THC right now. Um, And that is like your drinks, that's, um, you know, low dose edibles, things like that. Those are legal and have been since last summer. And those businesses have already seen a ton of challenges as cities have tried to work on, on, you know, whether it's a moratorium or a ban or a licensing model, whatever it might be. But Mm -hmm. any city that's against commerce is losing money. And this is an industry that's approximately a billion dollars of an untaxed underground industry right now. So personally and frankly, I don't see the benefit that it, poses to taxpayers to stop these businesses from coming in I especially looking at the South Metro which is where I'm from there's a city not too far from me that has excessively high property taxes and it's mm-hmm. always been said that this is to offset our costs but that same yeah. city is looking at banning any and all cannabis businesses and consumers from their you know being able to consume in their city so yeah. at, at what point? Do the taxpayers stand up and say, no, this is not OK? And this is why engaging with your government at all levels is so important because we deserve that economic development. And this industry offers that. And to turn a blind eye to that really just makes and keeps communities less safe because prohibition is dangerous. We have seen yeah. what it's done to communities. We've seen what it's done in a lot of situations. It is is not a safe way to do business and here we have a, a safe and legal way for businesses to operate and cities are choosing the more dangerous route. That's questionable to me. And I wonder, you know, sometimes I, I ask myself, should we follow the money and see why these decisions are being made? Because this does not help anybody except you know the cartels and other people who are continuing to profit and are looking forward to continuing to profit off of an illegal industry while we work really hard as a state and as a community to build a legal, above-ground, ethical industry.
1: Well, thank you, uh, State Representative Jessica Hansen. And uh, I will be seeing you August 1st at First Avenue, and we will be celebrating the fact that it's legal here. And uh, we also will be celebrating the fact that all the things in that bill, helping Mm -hmm. our incarcerated brothers and sisters get out, too, will Mm -hmm. fruition and and come in. So thank you so much for coming on, and we'll see you the first.
4: Thank you. Have a good one. Bye-bye.
1: All right, we'll see. A wow, Jessica, Representative Jessica Hansen, uh, just great to see her, and uh, what a lot of energy! Hey, speaking of energy, we have Arvina Martin on here, Executive Director of Emerge Wisconsin, and there's a couple questions I got to ask you. One right off the top was, how was Beyonce? Oh, <laughs> she
5: was amazing. It was so cool.
1: <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. I
5: wore the beaded crown I made.
1: Yeah, I saw that, <laughs> and then I saw a lot of Native Americans there.
5: I, you know, I didn't run into any. I like, I didn't see any that were, you know, there. Were, I didn't see any like Beyonce ribbon skirts or anything like that. But I'm sure. Uh, I, I mean, that place was huge, and right. it was packed. So,
1: yeah. Well, yeah. and, and so your uh your uh thumbs up on the concert
5: oh absolutely she she put on one heck of a show it was i mean the costume changes the sets the dancers blue ivy her daughter came out and danced for wow. a song and everybody lost their minds it was it was amazing she it she's a performer that's for sure i mean it's not just a concert it 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 was all kinds of stuff, you know, not just well, the music, the dancing, empower,
1: empowerment of women, though too. I mean, that's the well, vibe absolutely. I got from well, all the all the uh, great texts and people updating on what's going on on my uh, social media.
5: Yeah, well, and then she, um, there was a this. I think it was during the song "Break My Soul" where she shouted out all kinds of other. Um, female performers, you know, from Nina Simone to Madonna to Lizzo. Mm. Um, so, it, you know, it, it was, it was celebratory and not, yeah. you know, I think people try to pigeonhole or, or stereotype women as being catty against each other. And, you know, there's so much support that, that women offer each other. And, and it was really cool.
1: Yeah. Even today Nina Simone. Wow. What a name. What a, what a, what an artist, you know, that I brought I mean, she was mainstream, but, you know, really underground too at the same time, if you know what Mm -hmm. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So are you staying cool there in Wisconsin? Because I know it's hot here in Minnesota and we have major global warming happening here.
5: We've had a rough couple of days here. Um, the, the, the wildfire smoke earlier this week was pretty bad, but we um, got a fair amount of rain, and it has cooled off a bit, but I don't know if it's going to stay nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess we shall see. Um, hooray. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, I also, I think this is the first time I've talked to you since you uh, hosted the show, and I really appreciate it, and I was listening. Yeah. What a great job you and Haley did.
5: I thought we did rather well. I was, I, it was a lot of fun, and I like talking with John. and And yeah. you know, I've got it. I've got an update. I, we talked a bit about um, the Indigenous Games, and I had mentioned that my Ho Chunk Way daughter, little Arvina Martin, was on uh, Team Wisconsin U sixteen volleyball, and they came home with the gold medal. So my yeah. baby girl has a gold medal, and it was just. It sounds like it was an incredible experience.
1: Well, do you have time to talk about that in the next segment?
5: Sure. Yeah.
1: Perfect. Excellent. Because I know Wisconsin, Team Wisconsin kicked booty, and maybe you can tell our listeners about uh, what they were doing and where they were and things like that. So we'll be right back. This is Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake.
0: Stay with us.
6: Attention, art enthusiasts, experience Laura Youngbird's Indie Wisa My Heart Hurts, a solo exhibition by Laura Youngbird presented by All My Relations Arts this summer. All My Relations Arts aims to foster connections between contemporary American Indian artists preceding generations, diverse audiences, and the vitality of the American Indian cultural corridor. Laura Youngbird is a talented artist from the Minnesota Chippewa Grand Portage Band that uses the dress as a metaphor to address social issues. Issues, injustices and biases through mixed media, combining drawing, painting, and prints. Laura explores the dress as a powerful symbol in her work, revealing layers of meaning. Her series examines mixed emotions and themes like common threads, loose ends, and vulnerability. And you can see Laura Youngbird's Inde Wissigindum, My Heart Hurts, all summer through September 9th at All My Relations Arts in Minneapolis. Plan your visit and let the moving art speak to your heart. More information at allmyrelationsarts.org.
1: Attention, Native American community. We've come a long way in our fight against COVID-19. The emergency declaration may be over. But our responsibility to stay vigilant remains. It is crucial to remember that the virus is still among us, and we must continue to prioritize our health and the well being of our loved ones and elders. Besides getting vaccinated, let's not forget the basics when we're around people who are still vulnerable to COVID 19. Wear your mask, wash your hands regularly, and take an at home COVID 19 test if you have any symptoms. We've shown incredible strength and resilience throughout history, and we will triumph over this challenge as well. Let's honor our ancestors by taking care of one another and keeping our communities safe. Together, let's navigate uncertain times with courage and unity. Stay informed, stay safe, and remember that our actions today will shape a brighter future for our Native community. Find more tips on continuing to be safe at health.state.mn.us.
2: Life is a journey, and the Doherty Family College at the University of St. Thomas will help you get where you want to go. Located in downtown Minneapolis, this affordable two-year college provides free textbooks, a laptop, meals, career coaches, and a Metro Transit pass, making DFC the perfect pathway to a bachelor's degree. Turn your dreams into reality at Doherty Family College at the University of St. Thomas. Apply today at dfc.stthomas.edu.
6: With your AM 950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Look for partly cloudy skies tonight with a low around 73, Thursday sunny with a high near 96, and Friday partly cloudy with a high around 87. Since 1984, Café Latte has been serving up the freshest baked goods and modern comfort food in a cafeteria setting. Their menu is prepared with the best ingredients available. Café Latte is a leader in sustainable dining, composting their food and paper waste along with recycling everything they can. Located off Victorian Grand and St. Paul or CaféLatte.com.
1: You're listening to Native Roots Radio.
4: This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen.
1: Welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot.
0: This portion of the show is supported by St. Paul Public Schools.
1: Yes, uh, I'm an alumni teacher of St. Paul, and I went to St. Paul Public Schools. And as you probably are listening on those uh, ads that we're running, they're giving out ten thousand dollar bonuses for teachers and other uh, support staff. So check it out: spps.org. dot org. Hey, hey, we're here with I, I don't know. I just did a commercial, Arvina. Well, <laughs> hey, that was we're pretty here. With, good. Arvina Martin. Well, it was funny. Uh, Haley and I were at the twins game. I don't know if you saw that Arvina. Uh, we did the show live from the twins game and, uh, and I wasn't used to doing all the talking in the show. I usually just let our guests talk and I, I kept on saying to Haley, how much time do I have left? And she goes, Oh, another seven minutes. And I'm going, what? Seven <laughs> so minutes. A, yeah. So it was and, like, and a,
5: we,
0: we both were like ADHD looking out at the field because where we were sitting it was like you know the press desk and so we're not facing each other we're just both looking out at the field and there was so much going on i felt like
1: i was like oh what is that well i also (laughs) thought arvina that i i was talking for 20 minutes and it ended up being i was only talking for three minutes
5: See, well, and I, I do have ADHD. And so I'm sitting here, I have to, it's a lot easier for me to talk and like have meetings and stuff and, and, and process what's happening if I'm doing something with my hands. So I'm beating, if you see me look down, I'm still listening. It just helps me <laughs> be able to, you know, process what's happening in the moment. Because otherwise, right I, yes. I'm, I'm, my mind wanders really easily. <laughs> exactly. Hey, whatever got- works.
1: Exactly. Hey, so I'm wondering, too, if you could update our listening audience kind of a little bit what you're talking about, uh, the Indigenous Games of 2023, if you just give a little background on that, because Wisconsin youth did awesome.
5: Yeah, um, I believe. and, And this is all just stuff I've gleaned from like. Um, social media and from having um, friends and relatives that all participated in all different kinds of games um it's it's the uh, the indigenous games i believe happen every 4 years and are a like an olympic style sport competition. So um, lots of different kinds of of sports and uh, like track and field and golf and games and things like that um, for uh, Native folks in North America. And they had all of the teams divided up, um, you know, by, you know, there were different divisions based on age and gender, um, and everybody competed as the state or the province that they were from. So um, other other than uh, the Haudenosaunee don't i apologize to any of our our relatives that heard me mispronounce that um Haudenosaunee or Haudenosaunee I've heard it pronounced both ways so i i again i apologize if i <laughs> messed that <laughs> up but um they competed as their own team um but yeah about 5000 youth and I, i'm just looking i've got on my other screen over here i'm looking and uh Wisconsin team. Wisconsin finished highest out of all the U.S. teams, um, but behind Saskatchewan, British Columbia, Ontario, Alberta, Manitoba, and the Eastern Door and the North. So yeah. there were a lot of kids. Um, Wisconsin came home with fifty-six medals. Um, wow. Contracting Sask- Saskatchewan had fifty-two gold medals. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these, a lot of these uh, delegations were really big.
1: Yeah. yeah well i know in uh wisconsin uh boys did well in basketball because we have i have an aide that uh went there uh a representative aide, and her her family and i think her daughter played basketball too but they did really well and it's it's really it it's like the real deal you know i'm seeing pictures yeah. and videos of what's going on they marched in they did uh the whole olympic style uh ceremonies it was yeah. really awesome
5: I was telling Haley last week that when I saw pictures popping up in my feed, it was making me teary just to Mm -hmm. see all of these, um, you know, Native youth coming out and and, you know, representing their communities and representing their tribes and their state or province. Um, You know, what an honor and and how cool to be able to meet other Native youth, other kids doing the same thing. Yeah, I just I love it. I love
0: it. I have an update, too, I guess, just regarding the games as well, but this is coming from Alex Buffalohead uh, of NACD, who we've had on the show before, but um, in her update about the games, uh, several indigenous youth athletes from Minnesota participated in volleyball, Mm -hmm. baseball, and basketball. The Minnesota Red Bears athletics trained and supported several of these athletes. Uh, Patrick Crow, also known as Yamni Crow from Pine Ridge, played U nineteen basketball, won a silver medal, and played with only six active
5: players.
1: (laughs) Can
0: you imagine that? Right. Uh, Patricia Crow from also from Pine Ridge, and I hope I'm saying this right. Ania Smith of White Earth participated in U nineteen girls volleyball as well as. Malachi Crow of Pine Ridge, William Moose Jr. of White Earth, Mukwa Roberts Jr., a U16 team from the uh, Dakota Spelling, Minnesota basketball team, also won silver medals. Mm. And Amarin's Chamberlain Ho Chunk competed yes. with the U19 team
1: as baseball. well. Baseball. You yes. Can, yeah. yes, and baseball. Yes. Yeah. And what's. What's great is, uh, you know, we we support our young athletes as a nation, and all three of us here are Ho Chunk, and we got to be proud of how we support our our youth, and uh, and it's really ex- uh, really exciting too. Speaking of support, you know, we have the executive director here of Emerge Wisconsin, and that's all about support. And I know uh, good things are happening, and uh, we talk a lot about it, and I know more and more about it each time. Uh, are, you know, it, just how, how you go about your business and how you're working with young natives to run. And, uh, I just want to be here and support whatever you got going on. So what, yeah. you have any updates or any feelings, uh, about this in the last week? I know it's, uh, it's a process. So things don't happen like every minute, <laughs> but you know. Yeah.
5: Well, we, so I am, um, I mentioned previously that we finished up our first cohort. They finished their training and they will be graduating on Sunday. So, yes, I'm very excited um, to see them all. Um, We didn't get to meet in person as much as we normally would have due to uh, winter weather um, on some of the weekends that made it. You know, it, not, it wasn't safe to travel and, and keeping people at home is and safe is important, obviously. Excuse me. But that means we didn't get to see as, each other as many times and get to know each other in person the same. Mm-hmm. So I am very much looking forward to um, our uh, our graduation ceremony and, and, you know, just being able to cap off an amazing year of, of work that these women put in um, into learning about what it is that uh, that... Makes them want to run for office and how to do mm-hmm. it and, and how to do it in a way that is authentically themselves. You know, at Emerge, we do not, we're not, you know, saying this is, this is how you run a campaign and this is the box that you need to be in. We, you know, want people who are able to, um, you know, take the lessons and the resources and the connections and then be able to put them towards, positive campaigns that are, you know, that are equitable, that are inclusive of, 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 all kinds of people, um, in whatever ways that, that need to be included so that everybody, you know, can be a part and participate in the, in your campaign, but also so that you're, you're able to like effectively communicate. Um, and, and that is helpful, not just for running, but for serving and, mm-hmm. and doing it in a way that, that is authentic to, to yourself. I think that's, I think that's really important. And I think that we, um, when we have elected serving who mm-hmm. are able to be authentic to, to who they are as real people and not just, you know, this is how Arvina, the older person does this. This okay. is how Arvina, you know, the human being operates. And that's, that informs what, how Arvina, the older, um, would make decisions on things and talk to people and everything. So um, I'm just really excited. I can't wait to see, you know, uh, some of these women are already making plans to run either next spring or next fall. So we've got, wow. um, yeah, yeah. So we've got people that are already committing to it and, wow. um, you know, starting to to make their plans and put to use the, the training that they've got this last year you know it's it's exciting it's super super exciting we've got a class it, it, i call them small but mighty but we mm-hmm. have but they they all have i mean tremendous stories and experiences but also a tremendous amount of of pride in in their communities um and and a desire to help you know mm-hmm. and, and a desire to make the places where they live better than than they are right now and i think that that's the only actual prerequisite to, um, you know, real prerequisite. I mean, except for things that have like age-based, you know, (laughs) conditions like that, but that's really the, that's really the qualification you need in order to serve in elected office. You need to care about your community and making it better.
1: Well, and I was taught, and I don't know, Arvina, if you were taught, but I was taught that the women have always led the way You know, and uh, in a lot of ways, I mean, even as far back as I shouldn't say as far back, but as recent as the American Indian movement, they might have had a few men that were up in front, but the women were making all the decisions in the background. And I think that's the way in a good way we should be uh, supporting here as as me as a man, because uh, that's how things get done. Come on.
5: Well, and I think if you, I mean, if you look at especially the Ho Chunk Nation, we do have a strong history of intelligent and and strong and powerful women that serve. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I feel like our if you go back, we're we're very close to parity almost always um, in terms of the makeup of our legislative body. Our legislature has you know, good numbers of, you know, equal it, equal-ish numbers of men mm-hmm. and women. It's never, you know, like just one. And what our first, the first chair, chairwoman right. of the Ho Chi Nation, when it was the Wisconsin Winnebago, um, Helen uh, Helen Miller Minor. I always, yes. I'm afraid of my, I'm going to say her name backwards. So if I, <laughs> if I got that wrong too, I apologize and, and, I'm, I'm referring to her with great respect and I apologize if I messed that up. Um, but you know, think about, think about Sharice Davids, you know, um, we just, we have, there's so many incredible women that we have in our communities that are ready to put in the work. And that's not to say that we don't have men that are not ready and willing to do the same. Um, Mm -hmm. and, I've I've told folks that I'm happy to help um, direct them to places that can train them. But even though Wisconsin, emerge Wisconsin can't do that, I am happy to help and uh, direct them to organizations that can.
1: Yeah, and we're here willing to help at Native Roots Radio. We've done symposiums, we've done these things all over Turtle Island, and we're really excited to to have you on pretty often now, uh, weekly at least, uh, to speak your truth and get that word out there. I know you're you're busy right now, but will you come back for just a little bit here in this last segment?
5: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Awesome. Hey, this is Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake, and we'll be right back with Arvina Martin, Executive Director of Emerge Wisconsin. ho
0: Be a Vaccinative. It's time to come together and talk about the urgent need to stay up to date on COVID-19 vaccinations to protect our heritage, our loved ones, and our future. Throughout history, we have always faced challenges, and today we must protect our culture and loved ones. This is our opportunity to ensure that our tribal gatherings once again resound with joy and celebration, where the echoes of our ancestors guide our steps. It's a chance to care for our elders, cherishing their wisdom and stories for generations to come. COVID-19 vaccines are safe and effective. Let us unite resilient as ever and show the world the strength of the Native American community. Together, we shape a future where our traditions thrive, our children learn from our ancestors, and our people flourish once more. So be a Vaccinative and learn more about staying up to date with your COVID vaccinations at health.state.mn. US. That's health.state.mn.us. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health.
1: Your neighbors are talking about the Blue Line extension, connecting North Minneapolis, Crystal, Robbinsdale, and Brooklyn Park to the light rail transit system.
6: The Blue Line allows us to actually connect people in real time to this community. Instead of bypassing it, they're going to stop and shop. They're going to stop and play. They're going to stop and work. Blue Line is a connector.
1: Hear more of this story and others at yourblueline.org. Hi,
6: I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio.
1: And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot.
0: This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Oh.
1: Howl-oo! Arvina was muted during her howl. We might have to do that again.
5: Oh no! <laughs> I had a little bitty, a little bitty a <laughs> oh,
1: Okay, we can take that down. Uh, oh.
5: It's <laughs>
1: Oh, it's broken now. Oh, No, she. It broke, was
0: uh... broken.
1: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> hey, we're here with Arvina Martin, uh, executive director of Merge, Emerge Wisconsin, and we're talking. Well, we're talking uh, about a lot of things, but I'd like you to talk a little bit more about Emerge. And one of the things <laughs> I always want to bring up is, you know, how people can support this, and where's Absolutely. your website and Facebook. <laughs>
5: Yeah, you can find us on social media at Emerge WI or Emerge Wisconsin. Um, and our website is wi.emergeamerica.org. And you can go there to find out information about future programming that we're going to be doing, um, information about uh, things that our alumna are working on and are getting bodies that they're getting elected to and amazing work that they're doing. Um, and the thing that that is most helpful to us is when you donate. So, um, we do have a link there where you can go and give us a donation. Um, we use our, we, we actually, I think it's about 80% of our budget is, uh, is all directly program related. So, um, you know, your money's going to good work and good use, um, to our, to our, you know, training these, future leaders, current leaders and future leaders of, um, Wisconsin. Um, and we're also, you know, anybody out there in, um, Wisconsin that is interested and in thinking, you know, maybe this is going to be the time I, maybe I want to do something like this. Um, you can also go to our website and get on our mailing list that will, um, will We'll announce when our applications are open. Um, we will be opening those up so you can start applying um, this year on Labor Day. And it will go through November and we'll pull together an amazing cohort for our class of 2024. And wow. uh, remember how I said that the, the one thing that you need, like the one qualification that you need for uh, being an elected official is to care about your community and want to right. make it better? Mm-hmm. I just want to give I just want to give this message to any woman, well, any person out there that is thinking about, you know, maybe this would be a good spot for me. Maybe I could ser- not serve on my county board or my school board. Um do it. Run for office. Um, you have a perspective and a unique experience that no one else has. And mm-hmm. maybe that's what your your uh, local legislative body, what your government needs is your experience. You don't need to be an attorney. You don't have to have a college degree. Um, you just have to be able to take a look at things critically and, and figure out solutions. Um, and And I, you know, Don't tell yourself you're not qualified, Mm -hmm. you know, especially for women that can be so hard um, to to decide, oh, well, that person's more qualified than me. I'm just not going to, I'm not going to put myself out there. Put yourself out there. Um, I don't know if some of you have noticed some of the elected officials that we have (laughs) at all levels, and they're certainly not thinking, am I qualified? And they just... They're like I am qualified, and they go and they run, and sometimes they win. Um, and you know, yeah.
1: <laughs> so I was I just didn't... out. I was just out in Long Island. Uh, I don't even want to say the person's name. Uh, you know, we oh, have a place there. I almost forgot but, about that guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, I want to say this too. I've had a lot of awesome politicians, uh, women politicians, on this show, and I'll say a good seventy percent of them. Did not win their first election, and the and the important thing that I want to bring up with that is that it is a process, and sometimes they come back for the second election and win big because they know the process, they've gone through it, and and they feel more comfortable and uh, whatever. What what is your thoughts on that? Have have you oh. heard, heard the same thing?
5: I mean, it's 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 absolutely it's very common. I mean. Think about how many times Joe Biden ran for president. <laughs> I mean, he was running in the, the late Some, 80s, early 90s, too, right?
1: I like, too this remember. is he,
5: he. Yeah, he's run many times and and got elected this last time, um, you know, and it it's totally fine, especially as a first time candidate. Sometimes we have candidates that, that don't decide to run until kind of last minute. So they've got Mm -hmm. to collect their signatures and maybe they only have a couple of days and they're going in and they don't really know, they don't have a plan. They don't know what they're doing. That's a great, a a great, you know, if you do that, you know, you still have so much to learn. You've gone through it and you kind of understand a bit. um, Well, probably quite a fair amount of, of campaigns, but then, you know, you can participate in training programs um, mm-hmm. that will teach you the things that you're going to know, need to know how to do, like how to ask for money, like how right. to call your relatives. And and it's hard, especially, you know, in our communities, we don't just go and ask for money, you know, in that same in the way that that others may. Um, right. And so learning how to do that and being less afraid and and framing your ask and believing it in that ask for money less says give me money and it's more give your friends and loved ones an opportunity to support you right you know and people want to do that you know mm-hmm. um so so learning learning things like that learning about you know how to how to know how many doors you need to knock on and who which doors should you knock on um right. you know what's a good use of your campaign time and your and your resources your you know your whether it's staff or volunteers or whether it is uh, funding. You know, what what is the, the best? At, also your time, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's the biggest resource in a campaign. And it's the one that always gets smaller. It never gets bigger again. Um, yeah. So, you know, going to trainings like these, like what we do at Emerge and, and other organizations, like last week we had my friend John Smallwood from uh, Wisconsin Progress join mm-hmm. us, and, and his organization does ha- candidate training too. Um, and so not only are you getting that practical information, but you're hearing it from people that do this, like that's their profession. So you're getting experts to teach you plus you're making connections with those experts so like later you know you can you know i john came and did fundraising training for us so any mm-hmm. of our our class uh members can go and send john an email say hey i have this question about an event i'm throwing and he, and and he'll be there and mm-hmm. and can help out um and, and then it's just all the connections you make with your the cohort that yeah, the class that you participate in and you know, people that end up running and you, you, it running for office is a really weird experience. (laughs) Um, When I ran for secretary of state and was crisscrossing all over, I was with people all the time, but it was really lonely because, you know, your campaign, you have the same conversations and the people want to know kind of similar things about you and nobody, unless you've done it, you don't really kind of have anybody or you don't know how to relate. Because there isn't really another kind of similar um, experience that you can re- that folks can easily relate to. So having a, a, a cohort and a group of, of people going through the same experience makes that the whole journey a lot less lonely, and it and it helps bolster your own self esteem. You know, you've got these in in our case with emerge, you've got this whole group of women um, who believe in you and know that you are capable and are going to help lift you up and give you those those moments of when you're self-doubting be like I don't like that no you don't talk about yourself this way you are capable you are competent and you're going to win this so let's go do it um you know those are all things that are necessary for a successful campaign and and training is a great way to go find them all in one place
1: Hey, thank you, Arvina Martin, Executive Director of Merge Wisconsin. I also want to give a big shout-out to State Representative Jessica Hansen and, of course, Haley and our listening audience. We're still here. We are the seventh generation.
0: Free Leonard Peltier. Yeah. Now.